welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We're back in the room with Triple H 100.1 FM. Talking uh, to Hugh. Welcome back into the studio, Hugh. Oh, wow. I'm so blessed to be on another program. My goodness. <laughs> Happen to be hanging around. <laughs> yes, no, it's great. I wanted to let my listeners know about some of the fantastic announcements which we made last night at our fantastic networking night. A couple of really great announcements on behalf of Small Biz Matters. Two great things. First of all, uh, we are now live on iTunes. Fantastic. What a, what a I feel, great move. I feel yeah. very modern. <laughs> I could have done this a couple of years ago, but of course, you know, running your own small business and, and this in a volunteer capacity, not likely to uh, be first top of mind, of course, but very excited to say Very that progressive. It is. It is. We've got 30 of our most recent podcasts online. Now, everybody knows we've got over 100 podcasts available on the smallbizmatters.com.au website, but now you can access the most recent 30 um, on iTunes just by looking up Small Biz Matters and, and there they are to listen to, Bang. which is great. Yeah. Um, so that's we're really excited about that. And another particularly exciting announcement is that we're now partnering with the ATO to um, offer further information on behalf of the... So I'm going to go into the ATO's office about once every six weeks or so, talk to them about the recent developments. How are they helping small business cut through the compliance, understand what their requirements are, maybe a little bit of insider information about what the ATO is um, targeting, maybe just to give us a little bit of a heads Scary up. Scary stuff. Well, I think it's good for people to know what they're t- clamping down on. I mean, we we do hear about that quite a lot in, in news and press releases and media releases that, you know, here comes the ATO, they're going to be looking out, uh, out for, I think recently they were looking at mobile phone They do usage. a lot of profiling, don't they? They do, yeah. They do it a kind of on an algorithmic basis and they look at which industry or which group of people or individuals have been doing a crap job of their tax and have not been doing it properly and accurately and then they say, right, well, there's a, there's a group of people that we need to target. And I will say that as a as a bass agent, I deal with the ATO almost daily, and uh, I feel that they're the way they're doing it is a more softly, softly approach. Now, I'm sure there's a lot of businesses out there listening right now who say, "Well, I haven't had the softly, softly approach," but they are supposed to adhere to certain processes, which are. Uh, I guess, kinder in the way that they they communicate with you. Uh, most recently, um, in the latest BAS uh, deadline, the, the payment deadline, which was, of course, the if you had a BAS agent working for you, was the 20, I want to say the 25th of August. And when um, they, they expected payment, they sent people text messages, which was really great. So, yeah, that's a new, new development here on Small Biz. Wow. I'm really excited to Fantastic. say that we're working with the ATO and bringing you more information, useful, useful information. Speaking of useful, uh, someone who's just walked in the room is our very useful uh, state um, MP. Thank you, Matt Keane, for joining us on the program. Fresh from his fantastic uh, event last night, co-hosted with the Hornsby Chamber of Commerce, yours truly, Triple H's Small Biz Matters, and a great evening. Thanks for joining us, What Matt. a cracking evening. I'd expect nothing less from an event organised by you, Alexi. Well, it, it, it's not quite the same scale as the Hornsby North Public School um, Autumn Fair. Well, but it's up there. It's, up, it's there, up there, but I think very fantastic. I was just saying to Hugh before the, we started this morning, it was a, a great opportunity for businesses of really diverse backgrounds to sit down and chat, which I, I was very excited about. 
It was terrific to see so many people out Mm. last night, Mm. not only networking and sharing stories and collaborating, but also supporting a great cause. I mean, uh, last night, every dollar we raised went towards supporting Hornsby Connect, which is a new charity operating the area, supporting people at the margins in our community. So they provide home, they provide support, uh, they provide shelter if necessary to those that are living rough um, or maybe have nowhere else to go. So a great night was had by all and supported such a great cause. That's great. We've got some awesome uh, not-for-profits in our area, of course. It's, it's one of the things I think is a a real celebration of Hornsby is the number of... Apparently, we have one of the highest proportion of volunteering anywhere almost in New South Wales, if not in the country, I understand. Yeah, so an ABS census from a couple of years ago showed that the Hornsby Shire had one of the highest rates of volunteerism in the nation. That's awesome. Uh, not just in New South Wales, in the entire country. And, you know, that that's... People understand that that's not just a statistic. That's reality in the Hornsby Shire. People go out of their way to help their neighbours, to help their friends and to make this community such a special part of Sydney. Now, speaking of community, uh, let's talk about the fact that you've, um, not so recently, but you're now the Minister for Better Regulation. Can you tell me in what ways specifically you feel that your role helps small business through basically reducing red tape? So one of the things that I've done recently is release a discussion paper uh, looking at ways that we can make life easier and better for small businesses right across New South Wales. Uh, What we looked at is some of the red tape, some of the regulation that's stifling small businesses in New South Wales. And we put out a discussion paper asking them to consider the ideas that we'd put forward, but also ask them to put forward other ideas of things that government can do to make life better for them. I mean, some of the discussions that we've had about cutting some of the fees associated with licensing that uh, some businesses uh, have. I mean, some of this licensing has been introduced for years and years, hasn't been looked at or reviewed. So um, a number of trades pay significant fees every year to fair trading. My view is that whilst those licenses are very important, maybe the annual fee that they pay could be reduced or could be abolished. Mm. So there's some of the initiatives that we're looking at. But again, small businesses, they are the engine room of our local economy and they're the engine room of our national economy. I mean, small business is the biggest employer in the nation. So if you added up all those jobs that are created by small business, it would be small business that is the biggest employer in the nation. So we want to do everything that we can to support them. And as I told the small business community last night, I'm on their side. I want to find ways that we can reduce their taxes, we can reduce their red tape and make it easier for them to do what they do best, employ people and grow our economy. Look, I'm really glad that you've mentioned taxes and employment in the same sentence because I think one of the real uh, hurdles for employing people is payroll tax. It, it, is, a, it is nationwide, all states yeah. have it, and uh, we understand that it's, it's a, a method by which the state government, um, you know, gets income. What I can't quite understand is is that this is this is a huge expense and it's a sort of another tax and another form of compliance and another form that needs to be filled out in order to get the information to whoever it is, the tax agent that's, that's collecting it. Is there anything in the pipeline, considering that the state government is, is moving quickly into surplus with the possibility of easing payroll tax at all? Well, I thought you'd never ask, Alexi. I mean, I thought we were meant to ask the Dorothy Dixes, not the journalists. But um, as you know, the state government has just recently increased the thresholds for payroll tax, which means that if you're a small business, then no longer will you... Uh, now you will have... Uh, 
to have a higher turnover before you pay any payroll tax. So that will mean that most businesses in the Hornsby area, as a result of our reforms, will pay no payroll tax. If uh, And if they do, it will be a small amount as a result of increasing the thresholds. So this is just another way that this government is trying to make life better and fairer for small businesses in New South Wales. There's also another scheme that this, the New South Wales government is, is um, running, which is the uh, small business grants, which is linked with employing new yes. people. And I think a lot of people... A lot of businesses don't know about this um, and it's an opportunity. So if you're listening out there, please have a look at the Small Business Grants scheme. It is a very incredibly simple process to fill out. I've done it on it for a number of my clients uh, and that's one way that, that the, the payroll burden is, is, being, is being reduced. But I would say that a lot of businesses in Hornsby, the, we have one of the highest proportions, over 62% of businesses in Hornsby are non-employing. Um, do you, what, what do you think, speaking to small businesses, that might be the hurdles for why people are not employing others in this shire? Is it the nature of the businesses or is it because they can't find the staff? What do I, you believe it to be? I think there's a number of factors. The, the type of work that some of these businesses are doing, um, they're, they're sole traders in many cases. Um, but again, there are some barriers that make life difficult for them to employ more people. We want to remove those barriers to make it as easy as possible for small businesses to continue to be the engine room of growth, not only for our local economy, but right across New South Wales. And that's why we're looking to do things like removing red tape, cut taxes, and generally make life easier for small businesses operating in the state. But the red tape associated with employing people is all at the federal level. Uh, Well, again, this is the thing. Our federation needs to be reformed so that if you're a small business, you don't care which level of government is taxing you or putting red tape in your way. And often you don't know. You just you just fill out the forms and you just do what you're told. Correct. That's exactly why we've rolled out a program called Easy To Do Business. It is a one-stop shop where you tell government once. You don't have to, instead of you as a small business having to go to 50 different agencies and fill out 100 different forms before you can even get out the door, what we're saying is we'll create a one-stop shop where you can come, you'll get a concierge-style service and government will help you navigate through government at the different levels to mean that you only have to tell the government once and we will then take care of the rest. We will help you navigate through local government, state government and federal Well, government. I was going to say, it's a st- it's Service New South Wales that's supporting this and it's providing the scaffolding. But what you're saying is that's actually going to deal with federal issues as well, to exactly. a point. Exactly. So where the federal government signs up to certain programs, that will mean that the entire dealing with government process will be streamlined. So I'm now the minister responsible for this and what it will mean. So for example, with the in the area of we've rolled it out in the area of small bars and cafes. Prior to this program, it would take 18 months for you to uh, open to, to have the idea to start a small bar to opening the doors. 18 months. That means you've got to have that cash flow going. You, you I mean, all those regulations and things you had to you pay for. You can even start making yeah. any money in return. Mm. So, what we've done, we've got that down to about one month now. So, that is a huge turnaround. And it's because we've got uh, everything streamlined. We've got the local planning conditions streamlined with the state conditions and also with the federal government. So, we're now looking to roll that out uh, along. Uh, other industry lines. So, for example, housing construction is the next area we're looking to focus on. But I want to see this rolled out across small businesses in New South Wales to mean that instead of you going and navigating your way through the quagmire of government, then you only go to one portal, one place, and we'll do the rest for you. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, funny that you should say spaces, let's talk a little bit about the, the nature of doing business in Hornsby, it, it's, it's very isolating, I feel. There's no real scaffolding or opportunities apart from the one that we provided last night and what the Great Chamber of Commerce does. 
what is is lacking, I feel, in Hornsby is a, a central focal point, a hub, if you will. We had people from um, the inner city coming to our event last night, saying, "Really, you don't you don't you don't have a coing working space? You don't have anywhere where businesses can come and work together or have a meeting room? There's, there is absolutely nothing like that. Is it? Is there anything that you can do to work with council to provide that sort of a space for small business? Because I really believe that it is. If nothing else, it'll support small businesses' mental health to get them out of their isolated environments in which they work. Well, I think one thing that we do know is that by bringing businesses together, by bringing, helping them work with universities and government, that's how you drive innovation. And as the Innovation Minister in New South Wales, that's exactly what we want to see happening. I mean, when you think innovation, you think of Silicon Valley, you think of Tel Aviv. You don't think of Hornsby? Well, not yet, but... Um, those the reason you think of those places is because they're precincts. Mm-hmm. So government has created a playing field which brings together industry, universities, government, all in the one place where people can share ideas and that's how some of the great businesses have been generated. So, for example, Silicon Valley, that's where Google came from. Um, but know, is that, t- is that on the agenda? Is that on the agenda for the Upper North Shore? Uh, Absolutely. Well, what's on the agenda is us creating precincts right around New South Wales to bring those actors in the innovation ecosystem together all in one place. Because it's quite logical for it to be Hornsby, isn't it? Because we are a real transport hub. We are in between the Central Coast and, say, the other major place, which is is, is Chatswood. It, it seems to me quite a logical place, especially with the amount of development we've got happening around We've here. got a lot of infrastructure that would make Hornsby very attractive. But what we want to do is focus on centres of excellence. So, for example, we want to create these precincts or hubs around areas that we can specialise in. So let me give you the example of ANSTO. We know that ANSTO is one of only four research nuclear reactors on the planet. Most nuclear reactors are for energy production, but we have a research nuclear reactor. And um, if with a small investment from the government, so I think the numbers are about $50 million, we can see an $800 million return on that investment uh, from the private sector, from universities, to create a precinct which would focus on medical research and material science right there around that facility. So um, what we are looking to do is create similar hubs right around New South Wales, whether it be up in Armidale, focusing on ag tech around the university up there. But the key thing is to have an anchor tenant, which you can base things around. So a university. University and academics mm. are key. And industry building, working with them, with government, is how you drive innovation, how you drive growth in the innovation space. So that's what we're focusing on. The New South Wales government has recently announced that we'll be creating a tech precinct in Sydney around Central Station, because there's obviously the infrastructure there to support it. But there's also three universities, Notre Dame, UTS, Sydney University, and also um, it's close to the city, so where the businesses are. So we're starting there and we'll be looking at other opportunities and I'll have more to say about that in the lead up to the election. Okay, well actually it would actually be fantastic to have you back on the program to tell us about any new developments that have happened for this area in that that regard. Now I do have one more question for you, it's in relation to, a couple of businesses have raised this concern um, in relation to the uh, Epping to Chatswood line closure which is slated for the September the 30th. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people from our area which travel near or through this um, particular hub. Um, on road, rail lines, Sydney to North Sydney train line, Hornsing, Epping, traffic congestion, Pacific Highway, Ride Road. There's a, a lot of questions around what, what infrastructure or what is going to be put in place to make sure that we don't get a complete clog up of, of both the rail lines and the, and the um, what, what's going to be put in place basically to support, make sure people can get to work on time. 
So the Northwest Rail Link is a major uh, revolution when it comes to tr- public transport in New South Wales. What it will mean is that once it's completed, it'll be a turn up and go service. So no longer will people need a timetable. They just turn up at the station and there'll be a train every four to five minutes. Um, that is a game changer for Sydney. I mean, the days where you go up to Hornsby Station and wait half an hour for the next train, I mean, that they will be gone. What it will also mean as a result, not only will you turn up and go at the stations which have the new metro style system, but for stations that have the existing double decker lines like the North Shore line, so Hornsby, Barrara, Mount Collar, etc., there will be more capacity on the Harbour Bridge once the tunnel is built, which will mean more trains uh, on the hour for our local community. So um, it will be a game changer, but there will be short term pain for that long-term gain. And that short-term pain, we've, uh, we've got a plan in place, contingency plans in place to make sure people are as inconvenienced, uh, not inconvenienced, well, where possible, as they're caused as little inconvenience as possible. So we have a turn-up-and-go bus service um, uh, from Epping Station, which will mean that if you're going down to Macquarie University or use the existing Macquarie University line, uh, there will be regular buses. Uh, for those that are travelling down the northern line, there'll be more I was going to say, is there extra capacity? There'll be more services to accommodate that. There will be an inconvenience that people will be required to jump off and change at uh, central. However, uh, with more services, I'm hoping that there is as little inconvenience as possible. I understand that uh, people will be inconvenienced. Um, that's Obviously, this is a major project and it will have an impact on people's existing uh, travel times and travel routes. But I'm hoping, and I've had a briefing to ensure that the travel times should actually be slightly faster going into the city if you're on the northern line. And once this is done, we're going to get a great project with turn up and go services. And if you're on the northern existing um, uh, North Shore line, so coming from down from Barara, for example, you'll have more services um, that are currently being uh, provided. Are those services going to increase after the uh, the project is finished? Because I know that a lot of local communities are saying we are having a you know an influx of say five thousand, fifteen thousand new uh, apartments in the area around Asquith and Mount Cola. Are we going to see an increase number of trains hitting those train stations? Because right now yeah. it's one every half, and it's sorry three an hour out of Mount Cola, which is the same as it was twenty one years ago. Three an hour. Is that going to increase after this? Epping, after the Epping line is finished. So once the metro line is completed and the tunnel under the harbour is completed, there'll be more capacity on the North Shore line, which means more services uh, for residents of Mount Cola. Great. That's, well, that's good news. And uh, how long is the pain going to last? Uh, so... Uh, I'm hoping that the project will be completed uh, next year. Uh, I don't have the exact timetable, but um, uh, I know work is about to, or is currently underway. It'll be installing the metro line system, and that, once that's done, we'll have a turn up and go system, which will benefit everyone in the Hornsby Shire. Now, one last quick, quick question I want to talk to you about the upheaval that does happen when you have environments such as, you know, huge infrastructure projects such as this. Let's talk about North Connects. Um, there are businesses along the Pennant Hills Road which are, are suffering quite a lot. What contingency plan is in place for those businesses to get through this and um, come out the other side and flourish? Because what we want to see in Hornsby is we want to see little mini precincts of a vibrancy of, of, of each having their own identity, if you will. Um, but at the moment, the pain that they've got to go through is quite long and drawn out and, you know, it's hard to run a business when there's no foot traffic. Yeah, that's exactly right. But right now, a lot of those shops uh, do suffer pain because uh, no one can park out the front of them because Pennant Hills Road is such a nightmare. Mm. Let me be very clear with you and your listeners. 
North Connects project is an absolute game changer for our community. It's been talked about for 30 years. I mean, I don't need to explain to anyone listening to this program that Penner Hills Road is one of the worst roads, not only in the state, but in in the entire country. I mean, it is literally gridlocked for about eight hours a day. Um, We see 80,000 car movements a day on Pennant Hills Road Mm. and we see 20,000 truck movements a day on Pennant Hills Road. So not only are travel times appalling, but it's also unsafe. North Connects will be a game changer. What it will mean is that there'll be uh, three lanes underneath Pennant Hills Road. It's a 22-kilometre tunnel. And um, the impact of North Connects will be that it will reduce travel times, it will uh, remove congestion, and it'll ultimately make our roads and communities a lot safer. But if you're a small business operating on Pennant Hills Road at the moment, what it means is that there'll be more ability for people to be able to park, stop, and go out and use those shops once it's complete. Now, we'll be keeping Pennant Hills Road in the same configuration during peak hours. So that means that the existing lanes, uh, we won't be having parking on the side for businesses during peak hour because we want to make sure that we've got more capacity uh, using that network rather than less. But there's an opportunity to explore allowing parking out the front of those shops along Thornley and Pennant Hills and Normanhurst um, outside of peak hours. That's a discussion that we'll have with the community, but ultimately I think it'll be a great result not only for businesses, but every single citizen living in the Hornsby Shire. And you're talking to businesses, you've got forums happening, you've got community engagement happening with businesses to make sure that their, their ideas and their, their grievances are being heard? Absolutely. And last night was a great example of that. The small business networking function was an opportunity for local businesses in the area to come and speak directly to government, directly to me who sits around the cabinet table um, to make sure that I understand their needs so we can factor that into policies the New South Wales government's making. Right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the program today. You're always very accessible, not only to the small business community, but to the community in general. I'd like to thank you for that. And look, we'd love to have you back on the show closer to the election so we can talk about some fabulous election promises that you'll be delivering for the people in Hornsby. And Alexi, can I just thank you? I mean, you are a force of nature. You're a human dynamo. And last night's event was such a great success. And it's been a pleasure working with you on this event for the last five years. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for being such a passionate voice, not only for small business, but for our entire community. That's that's a pleasure, Matt. Thank you again for coming on Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after these short community announcements. Welcome back in the room for Triple H 100.1 FM. You are listening to Alexi Boyd on Small Biz Matters. If you just missed it, we had the Matt Keane MP sitting in the studio talking to us about new developments that are happening, not just at the state level, but also at the local Hornsby level for businesses. We talked a little bit about North Connects, uh, the changes, the upheaval that's occurring for small business there and the way that the state government is communicating with the local business community, as well as the possibility of something that we hear at Small Biz Matters are trying to champion, which is the notion of some sort of a co-working space or an environment in which small businesses can flourish, collaborate and work together and uh, co-work, which would be great here in the Hornsby area, do believe it is something that is really necessary. So we will keep hounding uh, Matt and our other local politicians in relation to that. So I'd like to thank once again, Matt Keane, for coming on the program and uh, also for last night's event. Let's do a quick check of the weather. Today, mostly sunny, 23 degrees. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, 28. Thursday, 22 degrees and sunny. Friday, 24 degrees, cloud clearing. And Saturday, 27, partly cloudy. Looks like there's a little bit of rain on the horizon starting on Sunday and Monday, but nothing until then. Transport info. uh, At the moment, we don't have any travel alerts on the North Shore line. Just keep an eye on the notice boards in case of if you are travelling on the board. There is a bit of stuff going on 
the North Shore on live traffic, New South Wales, West Pennant Hills. <laughs> Funny that. We were just talking about Pennant Hills Road with Matt Keane. West Pennant Hills, Pennant Hills Road near Hull Road. We've got a broken down truck. One of three southbound lanes are affected. Cowan M1 motorway just near the Pacific Highway. There's a broken down B-double, which is affecting southbound lanes. Emergency vehicles are in attendance. Milsons Point, the Sydney Harbour Tunnel approaching the exit. There's a broken down truck. Heavy traffic conditions in the area. One of two northbound lanes are closed. And of course, the usual uh, announcements in relation to the Barara, fer- uh, Barara Waters sher- scheduled ferry maintenance, which looks to be happening on the Thursday, the 13th of September, um, in the middle of the day. So just keep an eye on that if so- that's something you use regularly. Let's also check the Small Biz Matters event calendar. Now, this, of course, is an exhaustive, I'd like to think, list of all business events going on in the North Shore of Sydney. So if you have a workshop, perhaps a a, a seminar or a business launch you'd like to let the world know about, then tell us here at events at smallbizmatters.com.au. You will get listed for free. There are over 50 events each month listed on the Small Biz Matters calendar. Let's check out what is happening this week. Tomorrow, we've got the monthly admin hubs, which is uh, a, a, a wonderful collaborative event. That's not really an event. It's a co-working space, uh, which is run by Small Biz Matters and event cinemas in Hornsby. And all it is is a conference room. We come together, we do work, we do co-working. And the idea is that you get the admin done that you would not normally do and you leave to the last on your list and you wouldn't ever really touch it. So the idea is come along to admin hubs on Wednesdays and get that done. Uh, it'll be uh, facilitated by yours truly, of course, and we have a number of businesses in the room to uh, assist one another if you need help. Tomorrow morning, the Building Business Group is on at Kalara Golf Club and the Interacting with Our Government event is also on tomorrow morning at 10am. Sorry, that's Thursday morning at 10am. And we've got the usual Barara Market on Sunday at 9am in the local Barara area. So lots of great things happening for small business. So keep an eye on the calendar if you're thinking about doing some networking or educational events. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, we also bring to you on behalf of the ATO any new developments that they've got happening for small business. Just want to take you through as well some of the great podcasts which have been available on the Small Biz Matters calendar, not the calendar, the uh, blogs and podcast page from our guests over the last few weeks. We've had uh, how to communicate effectively using the DISC and six core needs principles method. That was with Graham Elliott last week. He was talking about using the technique of psychometric um, evaluation to assist with your sales techniques. He was very knowledgeable and shared with us a lot of really great information. Previous to that, we had uh, the fabulous words of process, uh, processes and procedures. Talked a lot um, with Mohammed Saeed in relation to getting those aspects of your business under control, the importance of understanding why processes and procedures are a must when it comes to the growth or the sustainability of your business and some fantastic ideas for apps that you can use as part of your integrated system uh, to help yourself get a little bit more organised. It's, I guess, every business these days needs to think about having a ecosystem of apps and technology to assist them with running their business. Now, you might be a retailer who's using a product such as Vend, which is a, a retail software solution. Most, most people these days are on a cloud-based accounting system or at least some sort of software for their accounting. Very few people are still using paper and pencil ledgers. Let's hope not. And uh, we've, of course, got a number of apps to help you being more organised when it comes to your time management, um, understanding where you are with your customer relationships 
relationship. You might have a CRM system on something like HubSpot. You might be using a product such as Receipt Bank to capture the data within each of your receipts and those fiddly little bits of paper. You might be aiming to go paper free. So the program that we had with Mohammed was actually really interesting and he works with a company called Tools of Business uh, to assist people with getting that ecosystem just right for your business. Prior to that, we had Gunnar Habits on the program to talk about personal branding and embarking on social selling, so how to really put yourself out there, different methods and techniques you might choose to use for social media or your online profile, for example. Uh, Gunnar is very knowledgeable in that way. And then, of course, uh, prior to that, a couple of really great interviews with the head of Square in Australia, um, Ben, who was talking to us about the implementation of cloud-based accounting and cloud-based payment methods and how that's really speeding up the ability of small businesses to get paid. There was also the launch of Cisco's new small to medium-sized business strategy called Cisco Start, uh, where we interviewed um, the head of uh, Australia, Asia Pacific, Cisco, in relation to how they're working with IT managers um, and management consultants in particular to roll out this program of hardware and software across the small business ecosystem. So lots of really fantastic podcasts available online. And as I mentioned last night and this morning, we are now on iTunes. So you can have a listen to those, do your morning jog, get a little bit educated and learn from the experts about their experiences and also their knowledge. Um, a, a great way to do some small business research. Well, I'd like to thank you everybody for joining me on the program today. You've been listening to Small Biz Matters. Uh, next week, we've got another fantastic guest on the show as well. Um, we're going to be talking to, let me just bring up my calendar. We are going to be speaking with another great guest and we're going to talk to ah, Robert Gerrish. Now, Robert Gerrish is um, the author of 50 Unsung Business Heroes. Uh, he's actually onto his second lot of 50 where he interviews businesses who have a fantastic uh, journey as business owners uh, to share with, uh, with his readers. And it's a fantastic book that's produced probably about once every couple of years. Um, but the stories in those books are really fascinating. And I think we can all learn quite a lot from other small business journeys. So have a listen to next week's program on Tuesday the 18th. And don't forget that we are now on iTunes and you can check us out by searching Small Beers Matters Australia. Thanks very much for joining me on the program. You've been listening to Alexi Boyd and Small Biz Matters. We'll be back next Tuesday on Triple H 100.1 FM.